Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Come on, let's give them some more love today. Amen. Why don't you take your Bibles with me and let's return to Numbers, the 13th chapter. Numbers, the 13th chapter of today. We're going to continue on this thought of destiny talk. Destiny talk. I believe it's uh, something the Lord is wanting us to know and to understand. We had a continuous series on Wednesday night about changing the conversation. But how many know today that we don't see the world as it is? We see the world as we are. I mean, I'm going to try over here. I think we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. I gave you a chance. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Okay, okay, okay. Love you all anyway. All right. Let's look here in numbers. Let's look here in numbers. And as we go there, I just want to say, before we start, I want to say congratulations to Kevin Evans for getting uh, affirmed again as our board secretary. And we want to say congratulations to Bill Ewing and to John Smith uh, for our new, newly elected board members. So I appreciate you. Aren't you glad that God is good? Amen? Amen. So let's look here in numbers. And as we, we, we I want to take, uh, let's skip down, if you will, to verse 23. In fact, verse 31. Let's go here. Reading in the, the modern English version of the Word of God. And what we see here is that, that the Lord, Jehovah God, brought his children out of Egyptian bondage. He led them through the wilderness to the place that he had destined for them. Destined for them. He brought them out with miraculous signs and wonders. That was a foreshadowing of what the Lord Jesus would do for you and I, bringing us out of the tight-fisted tyranny of the enemy, setting us free from the bondage of sin, from the control of Satan, and giving us liberty over ourselves. He did all of that because it wasn't the physical blood of the Lamb that delivered the children of Israel from their spiritual bondage. It was the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, that delivers us from that spiritual bondage. And then the Lord brings us into the place of promise, baptized in the very river that parted whenever the Lord opened the river with his ark and led the children in. And if you haven't read the stories, let me encourage you to. But we see here, before God led them in, there was a 12 spies that decided they went to spy out the land and said everything that God, that the Father promised would be there is there. Here's the fruit of the land. Here is, here is there's, 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 there's goodness in this land. There's one paramount problem. We don't see ourselves through God's eyes. And so they brought back a report. And it was that very report that kept them out of the place of promise. My God, my God. I don't want to be a, an individual, and I have, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. 
I don't want to be the person that misses my destiny because of the report that I have believed about myself. Everything that needed to be accomplished for Israel to have victory had been accomplished. But even more so, church, everything needed for you and I to have victory has been accomplished in Jesus Christ. I want you to look here. In fact, we'll just go down. We got, we got the, the premise. and Here, the spies come back in verse 33. And it says, there we saw the giants. After they reported how good the land was and how the fruit they brought back. The sons of Anak, which came from the giants. And in our eyes, we, we all, were like grasshoppers, insects. So we were in their eyes. And it says in chapter 14, And the whole assembly lifted up their voice, and they cried, and the people wept. And all the children of Israel, notice this, grumbled against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, All that we died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness, they're afraid of death, but they're wanting to die, Maybe it was a controlled form of death. And why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become prey? Is it not better for us to return to Egypt? I can know, just a recap from last week. I want to get to this last point that I, I missed out on last week. I can know where I am going by what I'm saying. I can know where I'm going by what I'm saying. See, as much as I would like to take any measure of victory I have in myself and infuse it to you, I cannot. All I can do is display victory. All I can do is display victory. As much as a revelation that I'm willing to apply in my life, just as much as a revelation you're willing to apply in your life, you cannot, there's no preacher born on earth that can proclaim to you, let me say, they can proclaim, but they cannot, they cannot go inside of your heart and cause you to have victory. You have to choose. You have to choose. You can hear the best preaching in the world, and we have some of the greatest preachers on earth. You can find them uh, anywhere and all the time, and I'm not proclaiming I'm that one. I'm just saying there's a lot of good word that's going out. There's a lot of great revelation that God is, is, is putting out there. But if I don't take that revelation of God's word and apply it, then there will be no transformation. The transformation can only come with application. I have to take the revelation that God gives me. It starts with information. We, we take it. We muse upon it. We, we listen to it. We soak on it. We, we, we listen to what God is saying to us. And then we're like, oh, wait a minute. Holy Spirit, I believe you're trying to reveal something to me. I am born again. That means I, I'm not who I was. I'm a new creature. Wait a minute. I've got victory. What is my victory? It's not in myself. I, and my victory is in my faith in you. Wait a minute. There's revelation 
information coming from the information I have. Let me begin to apply that. Wait, what? I can do what I couldn't do before. Transformation. But see, the indicator that the Lord has given us as the direction we are headed is coming out of our own mouth, being received by these two receptacles right here. I can know where I am going by what I am saying about God. How do we know that? Just look at the passage of Scripture. Why has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword? Why has the Lord brought me out here? Why didn't you just kill me back there? Maybe because the Lord wasn't trying to kill you back there, nor is he trying to kill you here. He's wanting to show his victory through you. He just can't convince you of it. How do you know I'm not convinced? Because of what's coming out of my mouth. How do we apply this to our daily walk? What happens every time a situation arises? Who's getting the finger of blame? Back to God. If God loved me, this wouldn't happen. Now, I'm not telling you those voices may not arise as a child of victory, but it's recognizing those voices. Because the enemy would love nothing more than to persuade you to stop on your pursuit of the Lord and convince you that you'll never, ever, never be enough or good enough or have relationships strong enough to accomplish what God has in store. We can always and forever point the finger at other people and point the finger at God as to why we cannot have victory. But we see here, I can know where I'm going by what I am saying about the Lord. We covered this last week. I can know where I am going by what I say about myself. I thought we'd get a little bit more shout out of that one. I know it's going to die and die hard in just a minute. What I mean is the shout is about to take a plummet. So I'm just trying to build you up a little bit until we get there. See, I can know where I am going by what I say about the Lord. My God loves me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There is no weapon formed against me that's ever going to prosper. A thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and without him I wouldn't even want to attempt to do anything. It's his fruit that I bear because I abide in his vine. His word abides in me and I abide in him. I am a, a, a co-heir with him. I am risen with Christ. I am seated at the right hand of the Father. When he died, I died. When he rose, I rose again. See, so what I say about the Father and what I say about myself. What I say about myself. Please go back and listen to Wednesday night service, not because I said, not because I preached it. Well, okay, Lord, because I preached it, okay? <laughs> and the Lord showed me something about worth. Many times our victory is, is plummeted, destroyed, because we don't understand the worth that God puts in us. 
That's not a selfish, egotistical brag. That is an understanding that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we do make an impact in our world. And we do influence others. And we do bear a witness in our own home. And we want God to, to use us mightily. Now, they spoke against the spies that did not go in. Had the privilege of walking through and seeing the miraculous and all that God had in store for them. We say, where's the miraculous? The miraculous was as God brought them out of bondage. <laughs> and now he's leading them into promise. But see, what you say about God will determine where you're going. What you say about yourself will determine where you're going. Now, I want to ask this question. Children of God, do you want to see a revolution do you want to see transformation on an epic scale do you believe that you're a child of God do you believe that you have been bought with a price do you believe it is the will of the Father to pour His Spirit not only to you, but through you in this house, in your home, in this city, and everywhere you go, see the glory of God manifest in epidemic proportions? Now that's where the shout stops. Because I can know where I'm going by what I'm saying about God. That's my destiny talk. I can know where I'm going by what I'm saying about myself. I want destiny talk. But I can also know where I'm going by what I say about others. That's about what I expected. They grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They saw the giants and they said, we, we, the church, the church is failed in power. The church has failed in, in, in the presentation. The church, the church, the church. We are like grasshoppers. We're like insects compared to pandemia. We are, we are less than adequate to see the, the growth of the kingdom of God in the world today. We are like insects. What have we just done? We've left our destiny in someone else's hands. We've left our destiny in someone else's hands. There's nowhere I see in the Word of God that we should be dictated by the world's standards or by the world's currency or by the world's power. What I do see in the Word of God is that we are meant to be people that are blessed and wholly receptive of the inheritance that we see receive through Jesus Christ. And the Lord, hear me, hear me right now. Anybody that wants to separate from the body of Christ is not in the right, right mind frame, and you're not heading anywhere good. You stay out of church, you're going to find yourself in a ditch. 
We are not perfect, but we have the perfect one living on the inside of us, and we are reaching perfection day after day after day. And we're not getting worse, we're just getting better. If you don't like us today, just hold on. We'll look a whole lot better tomorrow. We'll give each other grace. Amen? Now, what we see here, and this is the challenge, this is the rub. And the Lord brings us to these places. I say, son, you're getting this down about what I, what I say about you. You got that good. Now you're starting to understand that I don't get any glory by you beating yourself up all the time over how little you're able to accomplish in yourself. You'll never get to where you need to be in that. But now let me tell you where the power abides, in the exponential power where two are gathered together in agreement, I'll be there in the midst of them where a thousand, you can put a thousand to flight, but give me two believers together and we'll put 10,000 to flight. And Oh, let me tell you where the gates of hell will not prevail. It will not prevail against the church, the ecclesia. You have a governmental uh, uh, responsibility, children of God, to come together and bring kingdom business to wherever you go. So you can shy away from or you can lean into now i want to i want to share this i share this in on ramp i've shared this in messages i I share this continually because folks we got to get it in our spirit you got to get it in our getter amen you know what i mean by that got to get it in your getter in other words you get it and you understand it and you don't you don't push it off on somebody else it's not their responsibility it's my responsibility and folks, everything flows through relationship. Everything, everything, everything flows through relationship. Everything I have is a direct result of relationship. It's not a giving to get, it is a reciprocity. It's an understanding that I give credit where credit is due. And what I have and the position I'm at and where I stand today is because of relationship. And as a body of Christ, we cannot grow faster than relationship. You try to get growth ahead of relationship, and you got a train wreck on the way. There's a trust involved. There's a, there's a, a community that has a common unity. And Folks, we can't grow faster than relationship. And so you look around and you think, uh, why are the empty seats around me? It's because this is only the only level we have reached in relationship. Anymore, we might just derail too many. It's not God's willingness to pour his spirit out. It's our willingness to walk in relationship. Doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. As my two-year-old granddaughter says, shoot gosh dang. Shoot gosh dang. Shoot gosh dang. We cannot grow stronger than relationship. The larger the move of God, the greater the relationship greater the relationship not pulpit to pew pulpit to pew pew to pew individuals relationship relationship 
What was the enemy after in the garden? He was after relationship. What is the mission of the father when he sent his son to the earth? Restore relationship. To reconcile humanity to relationship by reconciling image to image. God is salvation. That was Elisha's name, and that's what his name represented. God is salvation. And it seems kind of peculiar that the prophet, whose name means God is salvation, to go in and to lay his body down upon a dead child. In the natural, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? It's kind of creepy if you think about it. But if you put the spiritual application to it, we see that the prophet brought forth in his namesake was God is salvation. And he laid upon that child. The Bible says eye to eye, mouth to mouth, hand to hand. Why? Because when that child resurrected from that death, when it was lost in innocence and that child was lost the innocence, died. And now that child, when it arose, it's going to have a new vision. That child's going to have a new voice and that child is going to have a new ability and for him laying upon that child was image to image you might have come in this world bearing the image of your natural father and mother but let me tell you when you're born again you're going to bear the image of your heavenly father and you're going to see through his eyes you're going to speak with his voice and you're going to do the power through his ability So he's given us this ministry service so that we can have our name in neon lights. So we can have icons and we can have emojis made in our image. Memes, I'm sorry. Gifts. Whatever. Somebody knows what that means. But what I'm saying in that is this. The quality of our life depends upon the quality of our relationship. The effectiveness of a church is, this, is the strength of relationships lived out in the context of community. Do you want to have a better life? I know we say the old adage, happy wife, happy life. I've had that conversation today. I've said it many times. I live by the golden rule. No, I'm just kidding. But I believe God has called us together as a family, as individuals. I love Abraham Lincoln and his wisdom. He said, I don't know that man. And I don't like him. I must needs get to know him better. When you instantaneously don't like someone, it tells me you don't know them. Get to know them a little bit better. But I want you to see here as we look, see that destiny talk was not transpiring in 10 of those spies. 10 of those spies, they declared that God was against them. 10 of those spies declared that they were not able. 10 of those spies began to talk about themselves in such defamatory language that they reduced themselves to insects. 
But two of those individuals, Joshua and Caleb, they stood up. We couldn't remember the other ten spies because they, their significance in history was not something that we want to remember. But we remember Joshua and Caleb because they did not die in the wilderness. Oh, no, their destiny talk woke them up and said, Oh, no, if God delights, if God delights, we can do this. The Lord didn't bring us out to leave us out. God brought us out. Let's go on in and see what God will do. Let's go on in and see see what can be accomplished now oh good I've got all kind of time I want you to go with me to Proverbs the 27th chapter and the 17th verse Proverbs 27 and 17 as we talk about relationship and we're going to deal with just a moment if we get that far today how to deal with those navigate those difficult relationships I know you don't have any of these difficult relationships in your life but just want to share some of my experiences amen <clears throat> but I'm gonna I want you to look at Proverbs 27 I've seen this in devotion this this past week and in I thought man this is good stuff right here Proverbs 27 17 as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend Mm. as iron sharpens iron so in other words would you put a couple of us together maybe in a marriage situation you get in a marriage situation guess what we're what are we doing we're sharpening one another we'll, we're knocking the rough edges off each other I love you baby Just, just, just sharpening. But I want to say to you, there are relationships in your life that God doesn't want you to keep running from those relationships. He wants you to stay there in the mix of it until you get sharpened. I don't like this job, I'm going to another. I don't like this church, I'm going to another. I don't like this marriage, I'm going to another. I don't like this friend group, I'm going to another. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. But see, you've got to have an equal or greater opposing force in order to knock off those rough edges. You've got to have an equal or greater. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to live in insecurity. I don't, come on, let's be honest. We all have fear and we've all dealt with insecurity. We all dealt in those areas. We've all dealt with that traumatic situation that seemed to be so formidable in our early age, in our early childhood. We have lived out those days and tried to overcome and outrun our past. And every time that we try to outrun our past, God sticks us in, a, in, a, in what feels like a, just a, a, a battling match, a match with someone else. And we're right back where we started and we're facing the same situation we faced. And we're looking at the individual they have a different face, they have a different geography, they have a different location, but it's the same old story. What is the Lord doing? He's sharpening us. He's sharpening us. So he puts people that are as hard-headed as we are together. 
Glory a Dios. <laughs> he put some strong-willed individuals in our relational group. Why? Because God hates us. No, because the Lord is sharpening us. What is he knocking off? He's knocking off our insecurity. He's knocking off our self-worth, our self-worthlessness, as we should call it. He's knocking off those rough edges of insecurity. I know there's a school of theology and a belief. Uh, let's separate the troublemakers. I say no. Let's throw them in a room and lock the door. They don't beat themselves ragged. Let the stronger one arise, and we'll just fight that one, and we'll have to worry about the rest of them. We'll go to the championship round. <laughs> Somebody say, ouch, or amen. <laughs> See, what is the Lord doing? He takes someone that is equal or stronger into our relational situation and what happens he starts knocking the edges off of us now as a child of God what keeps us in that arena is our ultimate commitment to the Lord would you agree because if we weren't in covenant with God we wouldn't mess with it I'm not even just not going to not like you. I'm taking you off my friends list. I found that's the ultimate slam. When you unfriend somebody, you have told them everything. But as a child of God, you don't get that option if you're going to stay wholly committed to the Lord. And he's called you to this ministry of reconciliation. So you can continue to be the stink in the room. You can continue to be the skunk under the house. Anybody ever had that experience? It's not fun. You gotta open those windows and let that sucker air out. You can either continue to be the cause or you can say, Lord, sharpen me, sharpen me, sharpen me. You know what that word countenance means? It means face or it means the expression. And some of you are sitting out there looking back at me and saying, man, I'm glad he's preaching at them because they need this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love interaction. But see, it's not the, if you have that mindset, then you're missing who I'm really talking to. It's you. It's you. You're not going to figure it all out in a day. But let me say this. All things work, work together for good to they that love God and called according to his purpose. Do you love God? Called according to his purpose? Then that relationship that you're having struggled with right now can sharpen you so that your countenance, your face, your image may change. So that maybe you die to the old self and now you awaken to a new vision, a new voice, and a new ability. There was an example that I heard a minister share. 
I think it was Rick DeVos. He said he went and stayed at a friend's house. And he, he lay down, and he heard this, this annoying grinding sound. And his, the bedroom that he slept in, I believe, was next to a garage or an outbuilding or something. So he heard this grinding noise. Just, just through half the night. And he woke up the next morning, and there was just a, there wasn't the grinding noise anymore. It was just a steady hum, more peaceful. So we asked his host that was putting him up for the night. He said, what in the world was that awful sound? He said, oh, I forgot to tell you. I got a rock polisher in the garage. I take these rocks that had these really rough edges, and I throw them in that rock polisher, and I know that they have the rough edges knocked off of them when I get that smooth sound. Sometimes it takes all night. Sometimes it takes, oh, weeping endures for the night. Come on. But joy, I hope joy comes in the morning. Sometimes there's some dark hours you're wishing, man, I'm wishing this night would be over. But when you get the rough edges knocked off, oh, man, there's a smoothness. There's a language. What would happen, and this is the revelatory When it's replied, it'll, it'll, it'll take what is great in this house and elevate it to the place of super awesome. What am I saying about the other? What am I saying about my brothers and sisters? God, I wish you would just go ahead and kill them. <laughs> Raise up another generation. I want the option Moses had. Let's just wipe them out. I'll have some peace and rest, and maybe I'll be gone by the time you raise up that next generation. Lord, just take them out of the way. Give me a whole new set, and let's go from here. The Lord asked him that, I believe, because the Lord already knew his response, and his response was that of a deliverer, and a deliverer says, no, if, if they go, I go. What the Lord Jesus is saying to you is not, but the Father is double-minded. He already knows that he knows when he brings a deliverer forth, that deliverer wants to take them no matter what they look like, no matter how they act. He wants to take them out of bondage, out of the wilderness, into the place of promise. I don't know about you, but there's some bushes I don't want to laugh again. There's some unforgiveness I don't want to go through again. I don't want to look at another face and see the individual that has taken me 30 years to overcome. You live in a life of dysfunction, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can see your mama in every face. I mean no disrespect to my mother. I'm just saying. Can I get a witness there? I'm just, I need a witness or I need to run. You don't want to look up and see your stepfather in the face of any other person. You don't want to look up and see your failure all around you. You're just saying, oh, God, change my countenance. How do I do that? I'm going to surrender to your will. 
You're stronger than me. Your substance is stronger than me. I'm not gonna, you're not going to reconcile to me, but my God in heaven, I'm going to reconcile to you. And if you say I need healthy relationships, I accept healthy relationships. If you're saying, my God, if Lord, my destiny depends upon what I say about you, then I'm going to start talking about you like you need to be talked about. You're a glorious, wonderful, heavenly Father, and you love me. And I'm going to start talking to myself about what you I mean to you and what you are brought me from to bring me to to bring me in and my god i am your son now lord transform this house i'm taking every troubled and every good and every difficult and every smooth individual and bless them bless them bless them how would your situation change right now i had this conversation not too long back Probably shouldn't say that. In a land far, far, far away. In a community you've never even heard of. In a state that doesn't even exist yet. Husband was having a challenging situation with his spouse. And I asked this question. How often are you praying over her? I'm telling you, if I had a feather, I could have knocked him down. What? What? Pray for her. That is a bit of a foreign concept in my world. Husbands, how much time are you praying over your wife? She's not my wife anymore. She's my ex. How much time are you spending praying for your ex? How much time are you spending praying for your children? See, this is how we begin to deal with, with our difficult situations. We can run and hide. We can stand and throat punch them. We can, we can try to get away from them, but you can't get away from yourself. I'm going to give you very quickly... Luke 6 and 20, 27 and 38 through 38. But I say to you who hear, I say to you who hear, can you hear? Listen, love your enemies, do good to those that hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, give him your tunic also. Give to everyone that asks you, and to, from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Just as I want men to do, just as you want men to do to you, you to do, do to them also. Iron sharpening iron. This is where your destiny is about to make a turn. Those that are cursing you, I wish you were dead. I wish you would get hit by a truck. If you were on fire, I would not throw water on you. That's someone cursing you. What do you do? 
You don't go, I'll get better and I'll do something. You don't create that codependent environment. And oh Lord, I can't get into that right now. But what I will tell you is that you just begin to bless them. Well, you curse me and you don't even say it to their face. You take it to the Lord. You just let your prayers go up to God. And even in the face of that individual that is taking everything from you, just taking the inheritance, taking all that rightfully belongs to you, you just say, I want you to have that and more. I want you to be in health. I want you to prosper. I want you to be exalted. I pray God would just bless you coming and bless you going. I want the, 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 the first portion of Deuteronomy 28, I want you to be overtaken with goodness, overtaken with mercy. I'm going to pray for you. Not, you curse me, I'm going to pray for you. Come on. You go into your secret place. And you start praying for them. You start going in your secret place and you begin to lift them up. You bless those that curse you. You pray for those that what despitefully use you. Anybody ever been treated with spite? It's hard. Come on now. It's, we're getting real. And you're quiet, so I'm hoping you're taking it in today. But what we begin to understand in the word of the Lord is that this seems somewhat counterintuitive. But what the Lord will begin to form in our heart, in that iron sharpening iron, see, I can't sharpen my brother. His sharpening is between him and the Lord. Lord, I've been boxing it out with him, and you know what I'm saying? It's He's not getting any better. He's not getting any sharper. She's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. That's not the right approach. It's Lord, let my countenance change. Let me become sharper. So the next time I'm faced with a relational issue, I can cut through that insecurity a whole lot quicker than I did before. Sharpen me, Lord God, so that I can cut through that self-worthlessness a whole lot quicker than before. Lord, sharpen me so that it, when I preach that place of destiny that you've called me because I'm talking in a language that the world doesn't understand, but I'm going to love those that hate me. I'm going to pray for those that, that spitefully use me. I'm going to bless those that curse me. And when I begin to do that, they may not change, though I hope really they do. But if they don't change, I'm going to change. I have destined to change. I'm purposed to change. I am reconciled with Christ. And what I faced yesterday, oh, there's going to be bigger and newer challenges on the way, but I'm going to build that relationship that I need to build. I'm not going to be afraid of people anymore. But if every time you rubbed up against somebody, you take off running from them, you're not doing yourselves any favors. I leaned into a relationship. He's going to be here on April 10th. My best friend in the whole world. I've shared this before, and praise not listen to today, because he know, he doesn't even know this. Carolyn will be listening. Carolyn, don't let him hear it. When I first met Lonnie Harris, Keith, where you at? Cindy, you know what I'm talking about. I questioned the man's salvation. 
he was so polar opposite of what I was and what I thought religion should be and what I thought ministry should be. But you know what? Instead of running from it, I just leaned into it. And leaning into it, I discovered the greatest treasures that I have on earth. I lost my father to suicide when I was 14, and Lonnie started calling me his son. That man has helped me. He has walked with me. He's been there in my victories, and he rejoices when I am succeeding, and he is crying with me when, I, when I'm facing difficulties. He's been a true father and friend to me. My kids are like his grandkids. His, his grandchildren were disappointed when they found out that Jacob wasn't their biological cousin. But see, if I'd have ran from that situation and that relationship and just wrote him off, there would not be where we're at today. In fact, I do not believe I would be standing before you today because that's the kind of investment that he put into my life. It was authentic. It was real. He didn't change. I changed. And our love, our hearts melted together as, as two brothers in Christ. And I love him. But see, I would have missed it. If I would have allowed my insecurity and my fear, my self-worth, my false image of what I thought people should be or not be, and if I would have turned away, my countenance would not have changed. And I would be much duller than I am today. <laughs> See, those relationships you're running from, might be something good maybe something great but see you're not going to know that if you keep running from relationship you know we didn't get into those that despitefully use us I don't know that we got the time let me just leave you with this nugget that I learned through experience growing up in a very dysfunctional home those of you who don't know my father committed suicide Stepfather was abusive. My mother, mentally ill. In that relationship, there was a spirit of codependence where someone tries to take their dysfunction and place it in your lap and say, now you've got to deal with me in my dysfunction. See, I was the codependent trying to reconcile normal with abnormal. Trying to figure out why that I, I did not have the, the proper feelings as a son would have towards a parent. And always trying to reconcile, always living in this state of, of condemnation, this state of guilt and shame because I could not feel the way a son should feel about a parent it was it was challenging and see I was trying to take their dysfunction and normalize it then what happens in that is that 
you give and 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 it's never enough to satisfy their craving is always I want more they forfeit their role as a guardian and they push out their guardianship to their dependent and this is the world I grew up in I say that because I believe there's those in this house right now that deal with that so I could run from relationships or I could say Lord fix me fix me fix me how do you do that he throws me into relationships pastoral ministry you can't <laughs> you can't avoid people's dysfunction but what you have to learn to do the greatest advice I've ever received in this area is you have to set those boundaries if you've got a dysfunctional person you set the, don't go declare the boundaries to them you set them in yourself you don't go tell them get out of my yard you just set the boundaries you, you do not let them to continue to control your situation you set the boundaries in yourself and you're good with those boundaries and if you feel those boundaries being breached where for me personally when I felt those boundaries being breached there was this overwhelming fear that would just flood my heart and anxiety and I would take that as we begin to recognize what that was and I sought wise counsel she would talk me down off of that is this okay see so when we talk about relationship that abuser in your life right now maybe you're in a situation you can't get out of that abusive situation God will protect and guard and keep you in that and I pray that situation will change but if every time you walk into a situation you're feeling like you've got to change and transform and morph into something that you're not I free you by the blood of Jesus Christ to stop doing that stop doing that your authentic self is exactly who God wants you to be if you're a cuss be a cuss if you're a stinker just be a stinker if you are if you're a kind person just be kind let the Lord work those edges off of you. Amen? And instead of looking at that relational situation as something that, that you, you've got to have that person change or you're not going to be happy, then guess what? You have forfeited your happiness to that other person. Set those boundaries. Just put God in charge. Amen? Father, I, I just thank you, Lord. I... I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak beyond the words that I have just spoken today. And Lord, I, I pray today that, Lord, that there, Lord, I, I come against any person that could have been triggered by Father that comment right now. That the enemy would use it as fuel against them and Lord, to trigger them into a situation. Lord, I come against that right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we as a body of Christ, as every person is standing right now as we as the body of Christ right now we as the body of Christ right now Lord God 
We believe with all of our heart that you have destined us, Lord God. You have destined us, Lord, as the last day generation to, Lord, to bring forth and to reap a harvest for our Father like we can't even imagine, to be and to do all that you have called us to be and to do. And, Father, I speak over this house blessing. We bless those that have cursed the church. We bless those that have despitefully used us. Come on right now, somebody in this house. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm going to keep every bit of, the, of the, 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 the thoughts in your mind that would hinder you from applying this right now. There is that one person. Come on. There's that one person that I want you to start with, that one person that you need to start with. That individual that has cut you deeply, that one that you cannot seem to get along with, that one that you just can't seem to see eye to eye to. And I want you right now to place that person before the throne of God. That I want you right now just to pray. Over, I want you to speak blessing. Come on. Just begin to speak blessing over them. Lord, I bless them, Lord God. I bless them with peace and rest. Lord, whatever they're struggling with, I pray that they'll find the, uh, your help. And Lord, if, Lord, all that they have taken, Lord, just get, let them have it. Lord, just I bless them, Lord God, with abundance. I pray, Father, that they could find some good and some peace in where they're at. Lord, I, I just pray today, Father God, for those that, Lord, let their, let their hearts be at rest and let them be at peace. Father, I lift up, God, those abusers that have come against your children. And Lord, those that are horrifically hurting, Father other individuals. I pray, God, for those that have been victimized, that they would find victory in you today. I pray that they would find strength and help and hope. And Father, I pray for those abusers that are lashing out, Father, that, Lord, that deep-seated area of their life, Lord God, that causes that fierce rage to come up in them. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will bless them with peace, with rest in their hearts and in their homes. Father, we receive your word today, and Lord, we pray, we pray, Father God, let arrest our heart and our thoughts, that when we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, we, we only have blessing that pours out of us. We thank you today, in Jesus' name. Do you believe God is for you? Amen. Amen. Come on now. Give God praise today.